We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. And welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week, Marsha Hines and the cast of Velvet! And our panel to hear Tommy Dean and Gene Kitson! And our audience this week, drawn from London, Milwaukee, Dubbo, Wollongong, Wentworth, Falls, Bundina and Kangaroo Valley! But first, as usual, here is the news from nowhere. The breathless excitement over new technology continues apace. All you need to do is suggest something is vaguely connected with either a computer or a mobile phone and people go completely to pieces. If the device somehow combines both a computer and a mobile phone, most folks simply dissolve in a lather of sexual excitement. The latest growth area is podcasting. Experts, their voices trembling with undisguised lust, explain how one can download radio programs from your computer to your iPhone, presumably thence to brag to friends about what you've achieved via your Instagram account. Oh, my God, no, no. Stop it. You're hitting the spot right there. (laughs) Now, they talk about podcasting as if it's a miracle for which we should all fall on our knees and thank God, or at least Bill Gates. Personally, I like listening to podcasts, and yet, as far as I can see, the whole thing is nowhere near as miraculous as wireless radio invented a century ago. Imagine the order had been reversed and podcasting had been the first to be invented. To listen to audio in the podcast-only days, you'd have to connect to the net, having bought a plan and a telephone. The content would then be old by the time it arrived. Imagine at this point someone invented something called radio. (laughs) The player costs a couple of dollars, not hundreds. And it runs for months on a single battery. (laughs) A wide variety of content is streamed via a free connection with users able to change content by just twiddling a small (laughs) dial on the side of the receiver. Most amazing of all, the content is always up to date as it is broadcast live in real time. Plus, more miraculous still, it's interactive with users able to themselves appear live through a process known as talkback radio. Wow! What an advance on dreary old moribund podcasting. Or imagine the excitement if someone had just invented a thing called a book. A book. The new device, The Book, is completely portable Contains many hours of entertainment in a size that can easily fit into a jacket pocket. It requires no outside energy source and will last without upgrades for several hundred years. Users can fast forward through the text, enjoying the text in slow motion, or reverse to study some text again simply by using their eyes, flicking from side to side. Or for big jumps, they can use their hand. Users can choose to pause at any point in the text 
marking the spot with what's called a bookmark, a, a term I presume is just borrowed from the world of computing. I don't know. <laughs> a swapping network has sprung up for these books with aficionados sharing the new device with amazed friends and family. Remarkably, publishers and authors appear happy for users to steal content in this way, with the government even encouraging such sharing through an invention called a library. Now, the new device is expected to have a huge take-up rate, limited only by the excitement due next week when Sony unveils its new product being developed under the secret code name, The Poster Letter. You may get one with your same-sex marriage <laughs> postal vote. Now, I've lived through too many fads to get excited about all this stuff. The 1970s were full of innovations that were meant to change the world forever, but then quickly retreated to the fringe, providing little more than a safe habitat for nutters. So, to my mind, Twitter is just the colonic irrigation of our time. The one good thing... We are now going through our fads so fast, we'll be forced to circle back and reinvigorate the old ones from the 70s, somehow working in a mobile phone to make it seem up to date. I'd like to see the 1970s chest freezer make a comeback. Point your mobile at the piece of frozen meat down the bottom of the freezer and it will phone you back with the use-by date. <laughs> Press the antenna close and it will decode whether it's beef or lamb and email you a recipe. Afterwards, we'll all make chocolate fondue and sit alone in our houses eating the stuff while tweeting each other about the taste. Work up a mobile phone version of Twister, the prawn cocktail and the KTEL record selector and we'll have a whole new decade of fads ready to go. It really is so tremendously exciting living in the age of the telephone. And that's the news from nowhere. That's our here. Tommy, Jean, welcome. What if you could combine the deep freezer with the barbecue? Yeah. Like have a deep freezer underneath. They could actually just set it so that it you know, just brought the meat up to the, the defrosting tray and then moved it into the barbecue. Like you could just totally, with your app, hmm. freeze a queue. Well, I was going to use the George, the George Formby app to set oh, the yeah. vertical grill alight. Yes, no. it would be well, so good. Actually, it would probably adapt to a slow cooker. You could just turn the whole freezer when you know the meat's been there for about 10 years. <laughs> you just switch it on to slow cook and then you just pull things out in their plastic bags yeah. and empty out the contents every now and then. Yeah. Be My mom, we used to have one when we were kids. Actually, we had one in the 70s because we were, we were rural yeah, George folk. Foreman Grill? No, no, we never had a George Foreman Grill. Uh, but George Foreman used to come over and cook for us. <laughs> uh, it was kind of the same. Um, you had a chest freezer. Well, one of his, one of his well, feet is shorter, one of his legs is, is shorter than the other one. That's where the idea came for him. <laughs> uh, he always leans when he grills. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Whoa, I'm going to bring this to the market. Yeah. My, my mum had one, like, and she goes, oh, it's beautiful because all the fat just gets angled off. Yeah, yeah. And into a trash. She gets this magnificent. And at the end, she gets a piece of bread and dips it into the fat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an app for that, I think. Now, who, who wants to use the mail to determine what happens when it comes to two males or two females? What's this about? Well, this is about the same-sex marriage. It was not a parliamentary vote. It is now a non-binding postal vote. So we're leaving this really important social issue, which could make many people happy, and we're leaving it in the hands of the Bureau of Statistics and Australia Post. <laughs> I mean, what could go wrong? 
The Bureau of Statistics, if the Bureau of Statistics was a person, they would lock their keys in the car along with their phone so they couldn't call the NRMA and their purse so they couldn't get a bus home. <laughs> in fact, you wouldn't trust the Bureau of Statistics to even count the number of people who were working for the Bureau of Statistics. <laughs> The outcome, I, I reckon, from the Bureau of Statistics will probably be a yes vote for same-sex marriage of 285% <laughs> against a no vote of 145% and 45% um, not known at this address because then you've got Australia Post, which doesn't do letters anymore. It's a gift shop with a queuing service. <laughs> In fact, my, my parents sent my husband a birthday card the other day. It took five days to reach him, and that was from Gosford. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, yeah, I know, I think the Australia Post, well, it's good. I think the, the, the more, what they should do is they should send this um, postal vote out as some junk mail. You know the junk yeah. mail that comes with the free garlic bread? I think that's got a better <laughs> chance of getting through. <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? It's not about wrong. I just think it's... Uh, it, is, it feels... I mean, outside of all the seriousness of the issue at hand, I, it, it feels like they're trying to revitalise Australia Post. Mm. Uh, using this method. Using this method. Yeah. yeah. They're going to they're gonna, uh, they're gonna get those motorcycles rolling again yeah, yeah, yeah. on the tears of the disenfranchised. <laughs> it's like the idea of the Catholic Church, you know, bringing in Fish Friday to support the, the fishermen of the time. You know, just, like, I think if they really want to revitalize a business that I think made people happy, and they could also do easy, it's easy, poll, a yes-no poll is very easy to run. So I suggest we revitalize Mr. Whippy Vans. And what you have to do is there'll be like an appointed day or days where your postal vote will now be uh, you have to buy a soft serve. <laughs> and you can, if you get the rainbow sprinkles, that's yes. <laughs> and if you get the bitter dog turds of hatred, <laughs> no, those are your only two flavors. You have to choose. <laughs> you want vanilla with rainbow sprinkles or do you want the dog turd in a shell? <laughs> you stupid, bitter, crybaby people. <laughs> Much but easier. The same-sex marriage. Why are we even debating this? Um, you know, I say let them get married. Why should we be the only ones to suffer? <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is actually. See, a lot, well, a lot of <laughs> have a crack. It's not honest, that good. A lot of Christians say there is no problem in the Bible with being homosexual. It's just acting on homosexuality is the problem. So it's having sex that's the problem, not being gay. So if you want to stop people having sex, yeah. let them get married. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, sad but true. <laughs> I got a feeling we'd be looking back at this uh, in 50 years' time and saying, I can't believe we debated this in 2007. It's, it feels like one of those sort of issues to me. You know? But could you think that young people will, will be able to find the postal box? Some people say, young people, mm, this is a problem that they'll chance. be disenfranchised because they'll say, envelope, mail, stamp, what? <laughs> Post box, where? That's their first stop. I can't believe Parliament this week was discussing it. Like, it's hilarious to watch it. And, uh, you know, we're all, everyone's listening in. No one even worries that much. And they, they spent all that time on it. And then they said, oh, yes, electricity prices. We'll come back to it next week. That's what we want you to discuss. <laughs> right? Electricity prices, that's more important. Yeah. Did you open your envelope and see the gas price? The gas? I, got, I got one last why week. Don't they put it? It's oh, crazy. Why don't, oh, why don't they oh. put them together? Bundle the postal vote with your electric bill. <laughs> <laughs> and if you pay all of your electric bill, that's a vote yes. <laughs> that's hard to do. That is hard to <laughs> that do. That is hard to do. All no. right, uh, next question from this week's news. Who decided to bank on the idea that people had need of a laundry? This is the uh, Commonwealth Bank um, where they had um, 
all these uh, what intelligent deposit machines uh, going off. Th- that, that's 50- their name for it. Yeah. Yeah. Intelligent deposit machines. Fifty-three thousand deposits, more than ten thousand dollars, thus allowing laundering um, and criminal. Criminal activity, etc. Now, I don't even know the Commonwealth Bank even offered this service. <laughs> if I knew, quite, quite lately I've done a couple of cash jobs, um, I could have really used this service. <laughs> and if the taxation department is listening, these are jokes. <laughs> you know what? Also, charity like, gigs I was doing. <laughs> the thing that we also like that I realize this, but those uh, those deposit ATMs are also a very handy way to get rid of junk mail. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't know what you're putting in. I'm just like, would you like to put something in the slot? Yes, I would. <laughs> and they'll end up in China. <laughs> Excellent. I love how the CEO um, came out and said, oh, yeah, we, we've, we were told of the first two instances, but then we discovered the other 53,000. Oh, Ian, you want a medal? What? I mean, I don't understand that. Um, and everybody was shocked and said, heads should roll. Heads should roll. People should lose their jobs. And he said, no, 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 we'll just lose our bonuses. I know. Yeah. So he's only look. This is uh, you, you know. He's only going to get ten million dollars next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's going to lose its Christmas bonus. <laughs> Last year he earned twelve point three million. Uh, two million was yeah. a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Th- so he'll uh, only get ten million. The CBA. It's hard to know how he'll manage. He won't manage at all. I don't know what he'll do. You he'll be, his, he'll you be busking. Just, you should see his cash busking bill. in four <laughs> clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the know. CBA. Oh, sorry, Tommy. No, no. Yes. I was just going to say the CBA is just. This is just another scandal in a long line of them. There was Storm and the financial planners, and there was another one, and now this one where they, where they're actually laundering drug money and financing terrorism. And Which bank? Know, Commonwealth Bank. Commonwealth. <laughs> yeah, it's got the logo of a, of a Sao dipped in something dark and disgusting yeah, yeah, and now we know yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's an ISIS flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, what's, what was amazing about it, what you were saying before, Tahir, that he said the excuse, like, it happened 53,000 times but it was the same code error so it's really only one error <laughs> which sets a fantastic precedent <laughs> because when, you know, drug dealers bring in two two tons of drugs, they go, well, actually, it's only one gram that we've brought in 2,000 times. <laughs> and it's, and, you know, and, and your 157 use. parking offences were only one error. Exactly. <laughs> My 20 k's over the speed limit was just 1k 20 times. You know, like, so, you know, it's, it's an absolutely brilliant excuse. Wouldn't it be great, maybe not all of you will agree with this, but if you could put, like, a cigarette paper into the deposit... Hmm. And then a joint came out. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's an intelligent deposit machine. <laughs> exactly. And uh, friendly. Now, who, who had to flee what it turned out were fleas? This was amazing. This is my favourite story of the year. <laughs> because I hate the ocean. And if ever there was a thing that reminded me that they, all of the ocean hates you... This was the story. A young kid in Melbourne uh, just wanted to rinse off. He was just wanted to have a calm. He'd had some sport. Had a big sport morning. AFL, yeah. Just wanted to relax his legs in the calmness of the ocean, the giver of life. Or is it the taker? <laughs> <laughs> and he just was relaxing in the ocean off the coast of, uh, of Death Bay. And uh, sea lice, or some, it, was, it was unidentified for ages. That was my favorite part about it. Marine biologists didn't even know what could cause mm. it. He went in, something bit him, and made his legs bleed profusely. Dave, I'm laughing because it's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, so badly his dad had to rush him to hospital. No, no, he had to go to the yeah. hospital. Yeah. And then nobody knows. I agree. It's like a, 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 I can't think of the name of that religious thing when statues bleed and you don't know why. 
Oh, stigmata. yeah, that awful disease. Stigmata. Ebola. It was like some Thank ankle you. stigmata. Oh, a stigma. <laughs> yeah, people thought but the Virgin Mary was coming out of his knees. Uh, but wasn't uh, the best part of the story the father? Because the father then doesn't know what... He's taking the no. boy to the hospital and all the experts say we don't know what it is. So he goes back, back to Brighton Bay, he gets a bucket of water, he goes to the butcher, gets a leg of lamb or something, and he suspends the meat... In, it's like a, it's like a, a model of his son's leg. He puts into the bucket of water and all the siblings watch as all these sea lice, well, sea fleas they turned out to be, consume, <laughs> consume the meat. In front of the That's what the scientists call them. There's, they, said there's a lot, they said there's a lot of it about. Yeah, right. And these sea fleas, they look like sort of fat feral prawns, which means they'll probably be on MasterChef next, <laughs> next year as some sort of... You know, crunch to a calamari ice cream or something. I mean, they're disgusting. <laughs> but I, I've got a story about because I grew up down on the on the Port Phillip Bay of Sorrento, yeah, yeah, and yeah. my parents moved down there like a sea change. And when we went down there, they wanted us to have the whole sea experience. And one night they decided to go out crabbing, and all the kids were on the beach, so we're all under ten years old on the beach. And mum and dad go down into the water with their, and they got a dad created this sort of spear thing, and mum had a net, and they had put a torch on the end of it, and they go wading into the water, and then you hear all this screaming, and we kids are going, oh, they're having fun, oh, mum and dad are having fun. What happened? They put the torch in the water, and crabs, like thousands of crabs, came from everywhere. And dad said one just got its nippers around its toe and ringed his toe like a can opener, and just thought he thought he'd lost his whole toe. And then mum jumps on his back, and they're coming in, and we ne- we never went into the sea at night again. So the sea lice boy got international headlines around the world. That should have been your dad. Yeah. Exactly. He yeah. literally lost a toe. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Tommy. I love the headline. What really ate Sam and why? That was actually the headline. Um, but when it was taken to hospital, the doctors, the doctors were actually puzzled. They had no idea, which is never an encouraging sign. Right? Imagine that. You go, oh, we don't know what's going on. It's like um, when, when uh, they take it to hospital for observation. I never get that. I'm injured. The doctor's looking at me. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> no, they're just observing. They're just observing. I didn't get that medicine. But it seems like an extreme case. Uh, I don't know. I think where where were you? Somewhere in in like like Singapore or something. They have like these baths that you can put your feet. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. They have these yeah. little fish that yeah. nibble off apparently yeah. all the yeah. dead skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this seems this seems like people basically you just went to the spa. No, the naughty cousins. Yeah. We get these things going. <laughs> that takes an hour. These guys yeah. can get all the dead skin off your yeah. foot like that. Yeah. Seconds. They, I wanted the dead skin off. I didn't want the whole leg oh, removed. No. <laughs> the customer would say. Um, now, as a, a fundraising stunt, the insurance company AMP plans to. This is true. They're going to install a zip line between two of their Sydney skyscrapers, allowing people over two days in October to hurdle 125 metres through the sky, looking down on Circular Quay. They've got to pay $5,000 each, which goes to charity. How else could we turn the rest of Sydney into a theme park for the day using the existing facilities? Tahir. I, I, I love this idea. I really do. I love zip lines for a start, and uh, I would have them going everywhere. Zip line. Don't stop there. Just have mm. zip lines just everywhere, just buzzing around. Um, top of the Harbour Ridge... Straight to the Opera House, for example. That, that'd be one. Um, top of Centrepoint Tower, straight to Darling Harbour Food Court. <laughs> and you can have a dance, maybe. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. <laughs> From Star City Casino, straight to Cash Converters. <laughs> it, it could work. <laughs> we could, I would love to turn Military Road into a giant slide. Why not? You know, People yeah. might say, oh, it's going to stop the traffic. It's stopped already. <laughs> 
I, but you know what? What's what was the cost again, Rich? Five thousand dollars. You raise it for charity, yeah. Okay. But what, like, well, one zip line, five thousand. One zip line, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's that's it's excessive. How you think? Well, actually, the way it's going to work is I've been looking into the details. The way it's going to work I know is it's for charity, but yeah, no, but they'll, they'll start. So you'll be like on the platform, uh, like with the the Firefox wheel, mm-hmm. and, you'll, and you'll be strapped in. And then just as uh, you let go and start to go, uh, you'll get a, a text uh, <laughs> which will tell you that uh, the other end is not connected, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to pay five thousand more. <laughs> Otherwise, just F- family of four, twenty thousand. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Could, could we build on this idea, Tommy? Do you yeah, think I agree. I, the whole idea is amazing. I don't know why it hasn't been... Like, uh, I think they call... I don't know what they call it. Do it Taronga Zoo has a setup similar. Um, I, I became aware of it, and I don't know if it's branding, but uh, there's a thing up in Arimba called Tall Trees, mm-hmm. uh, where they build these obstacle mm-hmm. courses up in the height of trees, and there's different ways to negotiate across the, through the treetops. Some of it zipline, some of it walking, and some of it sitting on like a wooden thing and yep. hand over hand. And there's no reason the entire cityscape couldn't be that. That yeah. would be yeah. so... A huge... Like so an option to get to work. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. A jungle yeah. gym. Yeah. Yeah, adventure park. So you'd, you'd, go, you'd travel to work like a monkey rather than just <laughs> being at work. You could do it from crane to yeah. crane. Use yeah. the cranes. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, the construction... Yeah, trapeze the work. It could be trapeze yeah. work. That yeah. would be sweet. Actually have, you know, various uh, sort of trampoline landing pots between buildings. <laughs> so you would, like, come off the trampoline, hit the bouncy... <laughs> Get up to the top of the next building where you would then sort of, you know, slide down to the... And I, I probably should have looked up the names of buildings. So much fun. <laughs> the names unless, of buildings. Jane, unless... tall place to that other tall place down to that slightly less tall place. Gee, <laughs> Gee, can, we, can we build on this idea and raise a whole lot more money for charity? Definitely. I mean, I think the AMP stunt is perfect for AMP because anyone crazy enough to hook themselves onto a zip line automatically voids any insurance policy they, <laughs> they have with AMP. <laughs> but that's just a start. I think we could have another fun park ride. Could be a giant chute or a slide, but not military road to here. I think one that disappears under the Commonwealth Bank, and when you get on it, you come out in China on a great big, and you land on a great big pile of drug money. Just don't inhale, right? And for nostalgics, you could go down the casino, and uh, I don't know. You could have those, you know, those clown heads. That it's, you know, that's not really exciting, but it's a bit of you know you have to have them in the theme park. Those clown heads at the casino, and then in, instead of winning anything, you just get some mangy rabbit, yeah. and the kids are crying, which is just what happens at casino. No, we've already got those clown heads. It's at uh, federal parliament when we say, "Can you please vote and tell us what you think about same-sex marriage?" And they all just go. Oh, 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 oh. For, for those listening, Richard's shaking his head from side to side. <laughs> like, we're all, we're all and turning his head. Fun. Look, they miss the women in the dresses. They can miss that you know i think there's one more thing that we're missing out on that's all the window cleaners in the city you know all those things you know so you could go you could pay to go on those and if you if you actually got on the window cleaners you know like things that platforms you could go up and you could go outside you know the government department and see what they're actually doing in there you know it's probably like a ghost train actually (laughs) here's the difference that's a great that's a great idea and the difference between the way you see life and the way I see life, as soon as you started that bit, I thought you were talking about the guys with squeegees at the, at the stoplights. Oh, those windows. No, no. What a weird place to start a fun park. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be squeegee men for a day. Wouldn't that be fun? I'd love it. It'd be so no, fun. Uh, hey, let's do the Wheel of Death. Uh, when our audience came in here, they threw these random topics on this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are fire escape, smoking, pulse, <laughs> vibration... Wills, spiders, postal, tents, Dutch oven. 
vacuum cleaner, hair, online shopping, death. Death? Yeah. Really? I think it's pronounced that, yeah. death. That naturally comic topic. <laughs> Who suggested that? Good Get for out! You. Good for you. Uh, Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Fire escapes and we're back to smoking. Which How one? did you know that word? You added part of that word that I didn't even write down and you knew what it meant. Yeah, anti-disestablishmentarianism. It was a 15th century movement where they closed down the churches on the, on the orders of uh, Henry VIII because oh, he wanted course. to marry other Well, I hope that right. comes up so I can tell <laughs> people more about it. Which one fools you full of fear? That one, the oh. one I can't pronounce or know about. Here we go, around and around and around it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Today's topic for Mr Thomas Dean is fire escapes. Much who, who suggested fire escapes? No one's. Oh, hey, yeah, no, good. I think it's good. Be proud. Yeah, be good, proud. Thank you. Fire and fury. Oh, it's meant to be fire and fury. Well, we have to escape from that too. <laughs> we have to escape from the fire and the fury. Well, fire and fury was the phrase Trump used, wasn't it, about North Korea? Okay. It's, it's, it's the phrase that all America uses it all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. The rest of the world is acting like it's some crazy thing that Trump said, but it's, it's, it's part of our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, uh, to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, uh, one nation uh, undivided, uh, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, and fire and fury <laughs> for anybody that crosses us with their threats. Am I right, Milwaukee? I'm totally right. We say it all the time. We love it. Because fire is not enough. That's the thing about America. Fire is just not enough. That's a basic thing. Everyone has access to that. But when you put it with fury, fire and fury together, that suggests that you're angry about something. Like if you said, come to my barbecue, you would expect fire to be there. But if you said, come to my nuclear barbecue, you would expect fire and fury. A guy with tongs who was angry about the fact that somebody brought cheap snags when pork sausage was clearly a fail. Not pork, Polish sausage is what I meant to say. Polish sausage. Polish sausage is a much better kind of Polish. I got caught up in my fury there. It's fire. It's good. I, I think it's good. I, uh, I've talked about this before. I am looking forward. I'm looking forward to President Trump leading us into the nuclear tomorrow. <laughs> and a lot of people say, why, Tommy? Nuclear war seems bad on the face of it. And I say, yes. But have you seen my credit card bills? <laughs> My credit card bills need some fire because the debt collectors are furious. <laughs> Rules. I, uh, the long felt uh, it was coming. I uh, quite often wear a ball cap backwards, a baseball cap in the classic American backwards position. Uh, a lot of people think that's a, sort of a you know, hip hoppity uh, sort of slang, you know, suggest you're tough. Yeah. Uh, the reality is it's like, a, it's like a foil on the back of a car so that when the nuclear winds come and wash over me, my hat will keep me close to the ground. And I will not be blown away. It's just aerodynamically sound to have your ball cap on backwards yeah. when this comes like this. It is going to be exciting. Uh, he's got his beanie on. How will that go? And it's, going to, it's going to burst into flame. <laughs> Beanies are not fire retardant. In fact, he's already holding some heat in. That's why he wears a beanie. Like a little baby. I'm, I'm, like I'm a little curious. preemie baby. He's got a little preemie baby hat on, keeping him warm. Keeping him warm in the little humidor crib. He's got his little humidor crib hat on. And look, I got a little octopus for you to cuddle as well. Got a little octopus for you to cuddle, preemie tie here. Preemie. So, so I got off track. Uh, uh, should, should I reply? I'm not sure if no. I should reply to this. Uh, you should. You should. Well, when you're old uh, enough to talk. <laughs> Just to support you, Tommy, yes, uh, many presidents, American presidents, have said uh, famous quotes. My, my favourite one was, um, I think, I don't know which George W. Bush, 
one of the George Bushes said, we're going to shock and awe them. I never understood yeah. that. Shock. How can you shock and awe somebody? Yeah. That's confusing. If a tank pulled up to your house and bombed it, you know, for, you'd be shocked. Oh, my God, my house just blew up. Mm. Your next reaction would not be, oh. <laughs> Have a look at that tank. I'm in awe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did a lot. Abraham Lincoln famously said, four score and seven years ago, we kicked the Southerners ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the version normally recorded. That's what he said. So Fire and Fury is one of them, right? A lot of people edit in some other stuff and make it seem more statesman. <laughs> but he was all like, you get me that Lee, I'm going to kick him in the balls. <laughs> South, I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him. He said it in his high, whiny voice <laughs> all the time. George Washington, first president of the United States, first thing he said when he told you, know, I swear to defend the Constitution with fire, <laughs> with fury. And with these uh, these weird guys in wigs behind me, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> they were into a lot of stuff. And, those and, guys. And the fire escape. The secret to the fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> well, now Tommy. No, Tommy no, there. The point is, there is no escape from the fire. <laughs> <laughs> there is no escape from the fire. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Does he die? Does he die? You can't kill me! Does he live? He lives on. Thank God it's Friday. We have Tahir. We have Tommy Dean. We have Gene Kitson, and we have fire, and we have fury. (laughs) Well, Tommy was only going to the to the gentleman's original uh, suggestion, which was fire and fury. So was it not? Yeah, Yeah, I was trying to go. And uh, part of me was playing up a very rare occasion, but I hope he is still listening. My brother is currently tuned in right now. Uh, even though it is uh, just after midnight, uh, where he is, and he, uh, his job is he makes asphalt. He's currently manufacturing asphalt to reseal all the roads of his local neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw he showed me yesterday. We were skyping, and he showed me, and his life is fire <laughs> and fury. It's a, it, it takes a lot of heat to make roads. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, a lot of heat, and the guys that have to do it, furious. <laughs> <laughs> they do not like their job. <laughs> Uh, now, the Sydney Boat Show has been on this week. It's a chance for everyone to fantasise about owning a boat. Uh, others say <laughs> there are only two times that a boat brings happiness. The day you buy it and... The day you sell it. The day you sell it. Can bo- boating ever bring happiness? And what would be your fantasy purchase, whether it's a boat or not, uh, if you had a few hundred thousand dollars to spend? Gene Kitson. Oh, well, um, I've had boats. Because I was just saying, you know how I was talking about this sea change. You know, we went down to Sorrento for a holiday and then we never went home. I, you know how people say, oh, I wish we could just stay here forever on this holiday. Well, we did. <laughs> and then we just never went back to the, where we lived. And um, so we had a boat. So to get into this whole sea thing, uh, my parents bought the kids um, an old catamaran. I think it must have been built in about the 1800s because it was wooden and it weighed the same as a, like a small skip that you put outside houses, you renovating a f- one that's full of bricks that's what it weighed like and and it had the sea sort of seaworthiness of a queen size mattress <laughs> you just couldn't sail it but we used to drag this thing. we thought it was fabulous and we used to drag it out at, out to sea on on Port Phillip Bay and mum and dad worked so they said look we you've got to have the you've got to have this yacht right near the yacht club so if anything goes wrong then we can go to the yacht club for help <laughs> 
<laughs> because they didn't know anything about clubs, though, especially yacht clubs. And one, one time my sister and I were out there, and we were, as I said, we're 10, 12, something like that. We're out on Port Phillip Bay, which is a huge inland sea, and it was quite windy because it's always a gale down there. And our, the stay on our mast broke and the mast fell over and we started drifting out the heads, which is towards Bass Strait and then onwards to the Antarctic. Mm. And my mum had been lying on the beach and sort of she saw, so she ran to the yacht club and asked them if they could help her daughters and they said they couldn't rescue us because we weren't members. (laughs) (laughs) That is a true story. Did you pay your membership? We were children. No, no, we didn't pay the membership. We moved the yacht up near the Penlows next time. And so as you drifted out, they said if you could get two people to nominate them, we have a meeting next month, they might get through. Yeah, so in the the end, my dad rescued us, so that was all right. Someone called him we, at the we garage. Understand, we understand someone rescued you, otherwise because you I wouldn't be, be here. I'd be in the Antarctic. Yeah. And I guess that would be my dream boat. Like a, an, I'd like an icebreaker, I think, and, yeah. and just sort of be able to sail it anywhere and be, you know, like be pirate-proof and, and be owned <laughs> by someone else. <laughs> I'm scared pi- of pirates. Pirate Jim pirate-proof should dreams. Tahir, do you want to own a boat? Well, I, I didn't have pirates. The pirates don't attack icebreakers. Never. They Thank never, God. they're scared. Ice of pirates them. do. <laughs> pirates don't have enough clothes on for the ice. I, I love boats, but I, I would hate to own one. Seriously. The parrot gets frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Sorry to hear. I'm all about rocking up, enjoying the boat, you know, from a pier, jumping on from a pier, not a rowboat. I'm not, not into that. And then just getting off. I like that. When you own one, you've got to do things like clean. But I couldn't think of anything worse. And just having that thought in my head, I could not enjoy the trip. Oh, I've got to stop. I want to get off. I've got to clean. No. Owning a boat is like many other things, such as owning a swimming pool. It's a lot more fun when someone else is responsible. Right? And, of course, the latest, Richard, I don't know if you've heard of this, um, is the divorce boats. Oh, yeah. No yeah, they're called kayaks. <laughs> At the end of divorce, that's what you end up with. <laughs> <laughs> or it leads to a divorce because yeah. you're always out on it. Or you get a canoe and a, a paddle and you have to go up a certain creek. Um, <laughs> t- Tommy, would, would you own a boat? Or no! Is that the wo- yeah. no! I would not. Too much work. I would, if I did, I would like to get like a, like a 23-footer. I made that number up, by the way. Hmm. <laughs> Try to think of a number. They always, they always talk in feet. Buildings yeah, yeah. love to say how long meter, they're... Meter. They love feet in their boats. Yeah. love feet. Got a 19 footer, got a 23 footer, got myself a 45 footer. That's what I got right there. Got myself a 45 footer. I uh, got myself a nice trailer on the back of my Pajero. Uh, it's a 46 foot trailer because it's a 45 foot boat. <laughs> Good. I take, I take it down to the slip. I do like a boat slip. Like a boat slip. It's like cement that goes down into the water. You just back it right in. You can back it right in. Because, you know, the boat on the land, not very good. I mean, the trailer, it's handy, but, you know. Until you get on the slip, it's not a boat. It's just, just, just a trailer. <laughs> if I had a boat, I would never take it into the water, but I would park it in various parts of my neighborhood every different night to spread the pissed offness around. <laughs> like you wouldn't just keep it in front of your house. People would just no. be like, that guy, the wanker with his boat. You'd be like, oh, I couldn't quite back it into my house. I don't have a, I don't have a slip there. I'm a trailer. So I just I set it in front of your house. You all right with that? You all right with that? Uh-huh. Don't have to take up all six of your parking spaces. <laughs> <laughs> and I would occasionally go through a drive through at a fast food place to get it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> what else would you like, sir? I just want a couple of burgers, a couple of shakes, 
Sure, you can just pull ahead to the next window. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> You're going to have to bring it out here, please. Can you bring it, can you bring it out here? I mean, I'll be in the 17th foot of this 45-foot boat. <laughs> you come out 17 feet past the bow. Or is it the starboard? Or the port? I'm not sure, but I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. I'm wearing boat shoes. Just so we're clear, I'm wearing boat shoes, and I've got a sweater tied around my neck, because that's what we do. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? Tell me. Like two people going down the highway with two boats, like, you know, like driving next to each other, with, and, then, and then there was like a boarding party. Like actually grappling hooks came out from the, just, like, like a road rage boat rage. With all of Gene's pirates so swinging from boat to boat. Exactly, no, they're no, scary. Though, if I had a boat. Now that I think about it, I don't, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but did you see, uh, not this most latest episode, but the episode before when Euron released his mm -hmm. tri- Flagged super dragon boats. Those things. Those things are pretty cool. So you do want one? I wouldn't mind. He will be going down to the boat show. Wouldn't mind that. After dragon all. Boat. Now, who are the winners and losers of this week? Gene Kitson. Um. Oh well. The the um the um. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the losers, of course, are the Commonwealth Bank jocks who lost their Christmas bonuses because Santa knows who's been naughty and or nice, even though the Commonwealth don't give a rat's. Okay, can we share a moment, please? Yeah. He's only going to get he's only going to get ten million dollars next year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to get him. He really did earn twelve point three million. Take ten feet off my boat. I know. <laughs> he's going to he's going to get the knockoff, you know, banker Barbie from Kmart, not the real one with the hot tub full of hundred dollar bills. That's what he's going to get. And at Christmas lunch, he'll be sitting at the table at the back of the restaurant near the bathrooms with real customers. That's what he's going to be. <laughs> Um, oh, the winners are, you know, bank robbers. Cause wouldn't bank it be great if ASIC could do that? Because ASIC is going to find them $45 million in the end or something. Yeah, nothing, but wouldn't nothing. it be better if they said, look, we're not going to find you anything, but the boss has to work at the, on the counter for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every day for that the would rest sort, of his life. That would sort them out. Oh, yeah. He would resign. He would rather resign. Fresh spirit of honesty would take over the bank. I don't I know. I don't know. That's that's just like very wishful thinking, I think. Yeah. I, I think you're dreaming. I feel you're I dreaming, am. Richard. I fear I am. Who was the uh, winner then? Oh, the winners of the. Well, the bank robbers used to rob banks and now they finance the bank. So I think they're doing all right. <laughs> To hear who were the I winners love, and losers. I love Jen how the Commonwealth Bank of the same week announced their profit for the half year after all that uh, controversy. Yeah. Oh. oh, by the way, we made $9 billion. Oh, oh yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. near, it was 10. It was virtually was it? 10, $10, billion, $10 billion was the full Who's year got profit. a Commonwealth Bank account here? Oh. oh. Okay. You close them tomorrow, <laughs> Saturday. Demand your money back. They're, they're done for. They're done for now. There'll, there'll, there'll be a run on the bank on Monday after tonight. Uh, Jean, can you please not say there'll be a run on the Australian banks? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the last time that happened on Australian radio was in 1977 and John Law said it, and there was. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who are the winners and um, losers to here? My winner, uh, look, I'm a, I'm a proud ambassador for Special Olympics and we're having our annual gala Friday, August 18, Luna mm -hmm. Park. Can I mention that, Richard? No, no, yeah, good. Maybe it's on that great cause. So jump on a specialolympics.com.au yeah. for your tickets. And what happens What happens on the night? It's a fantastic. John Foreman's the MC. Uh -uh. Great entertainment. The kids are out there dancing. It's just a great night. So uh, jump on the website, specialolympics.com.au. Do, do, do you appear in the beanie? I appear sometimes in the beanie, um, sometimes 
hat backwards, mm. just in case there's nuclear That's threat. Right. Um, <laughs> and who was the loser? Uh, the loser is very simple this week. The politicians, please, just make a decision. Get on with it. Mm. And address the gas prices and the electricity prices. Instead, Tommy Dean, who are the winners? Uh, winners, of course. Uh, speaking of ambassadors, uh, I think everyone's well aware that I'm a Sydney Swans ambassador. Mm. And as we continue the season of disbelief... Told, you have told us that it's true. 574 <laughs> times. But the season of disbelief continues. And uh, tomorrow at the SCG 145 against Fremantle, we should continue to solidify our chances to do something that has never been done ever in the history of AFL. To lose the first six games of a season and then compete in the finals. Uh, very... Very exciting. Has the, uh, Tommy, has the team done that by channeling a little bit of <laughs> fire and fury? Well, they have. I feel bad because I, I addressed the team at the beginning of the season, and I said, fellas, you know, we're so proud of you as a unit. We just love you as people. It doesn't even matter if you win or lose. And they took that to heart. <laughs> So and I, I thought that was nice. Yes, I thought don't. that was nice, and I took that on board. Realized it didn't matter as much. And then after six, I came back for the seventh match, and I said, "Okay, okay, okay, you you proved my point, <laughs> but maybe just win a couple." <laughs> and so they take that on board. That's good. So it's weird. I don't I don't do as I don't do John, uh, the coach, Coach John there Longmire. He does not let me pick the team <laughs> or set the structures. Uh, he's actually made it a rule that I'm not really supposed to talk to any of the players. <laughs> I think it stems from that first speech. <laughs> but I occasionally call them up. <laughs> and have a quiet word. Have a quiet word. <laughs> in there, in there. Who was the, uh, who was the loser? Loser, quickly. Oh, sorry. Uh, the loser is uh, Mr. Whippy, who wasn't chosen for the post book. <laughs> Seriously, soft serve with rainbow sprinkles is where it's at, regardless <laughs> of your beliefs. Please thank Tahir, no, Tommy Dean, Jim Kitson, and our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Next week, Gary Eck, Tommy on the panel. For the music next week, Georgie Parker and Todd McKenney will be here. Uh, I'm Richard Glover. Thank God it's Friday. It's now over to Andrew Moore and the footy. Yeah.